this week on the Mountain Climbers podcast. Really? Well, how did, how did you... Has yeah, so it really? Oh. Yeah, I've watched oh, no. watch me every night. <laughs> <laughs> Our final 10 minutes with internationally recognised real estate mogul and business consultant Hayden Duncan. What do you procrastinate about? Is it rare, I did you say? So. In those moments. When are you most vulnerable? You're either going to stuff it up or you're going to do exceptionally well. Learn how it all started for Hayden and later... Do you have the quality that Hayden most respects but hardly sees? Find out on the Mountain Climbers podcast next. After high school, you didn't go on to university, did you? No, no, I didn't. I actually didn't even finish seventh form because I got glandular fever. So um, I, I got glandular fever in the seventh form year and it was internally assessed. And uh, my father was um, uh, working at uh, Turner's Options at the time. So um, after I'd sort of got over the swollen throats and sore bits that you have with glandular fever, um, I thought I'm not going to go back to school and do half a year and then have to do it all over again. I might as well earn a bit of money. So he organised for me to become an auctioneer's aide, setting up auctions and sweeping floors and pen rows. And uh, that's that was the first job I had. Mm. Mm. And that's how you got introduced to, to auctioneering and, I guess, first step into technically real estate, but you're selling cars, right? Yeah, so we, I got into auctions and, and, and was as, a, as an auctioneer's assistant and then sort of did an apprenticeship type program and a manager's program through Turner's Auctions as, uh, and uh, there's auctioning cars and general goods and receiverships and all that sort of stuff and it was fascinating. I learned a huge amount, um, not just about how to sell stuff and how to call auctions but also around work ethic and, and dealing with receiverships and that sort of thing, looking at mm. businesses that had gone belly up and the impact that that has on, on those people and everything around them was was. Um, certainly resonated or, or sort of affected me a bit. So, um, so I learned a lot from that, and then uh, from there went on to run uh, their North Shore business and set that up, and then went and ran Southland for them. When did you leave Turner's Auctions? Where did you go to after that? Went to Bailey's after that, and, and okay. I started there. I went there with the intention of being a, a, one of their auctioneers, and uh, but I started in the commercial industrial. Uh, sales and leasing side there um, and uh, you know that was uh, again another big learning curve and, and a step backwards really in many respects because you know sort of go from running running a Turner's Auctions business on salary in a corporate environment to uh, being a real estate agent. and On commission. Um, on commission <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, you know probably t- t- to sum up my personality I had the opportunity of having a retainer and smaller commissions and I said hey, look if, I, if someone's paying me a retainer I'm probably going to wake up on those colder mornings or when I'm feeling a little bit like, do I really have to do this and not do it? If I'm on a commission only, then I'm going to make sure that I do it and I'm going to learn, I'm going to listen and I'm going to get on in, in those moments when you think, should I and do I really have to? You will. And mm. So um, that was great and I enjoyed that and, and did reasonably well at it, but it wasn't what lit my fire and um, auctions and, and auctioneering was, was what I went there for. And after a year or two uh, there, I joined their national auction team with uh, a fellow who uh, had been my first manager at Turner's Auctions, Richard Valentine, who's still there now and a, and a wonderful man. But um, And uh, he uh, trained me and developed my skills around the, the real estate auction business. And, uh, you know, that was a fantastic and fun time for us. It was, mm. yeah. well, when is the right time for someone to leave an organisation? Well, I think there's that depends on the point of view of the person that you're asking. I think, um, you know, there's there's people that are, are 
provide value to an organisation for, for various reasons. One can be uh, from a commercial value, right, where they add value from a, you know, they, they, they have a, an intellectual property and intellectual information or they have a skill within the business that helps generate a revenue that exceeds expenses or they actually add value through culture and, and other things and I think you've got to spend a bit of time in an organisation in order to be able to sit into the second category but you know, I think for people when they're thinking about changing their careers or changing their roles, um, you know, I've been a firm believer, um, particularly over the last 10 years, of people should change when they feel unhappy or they feel like there's going to be a better opportunity for them somewhere else, whether that be within our business or whether it be somewhere else. I think the best decision for people is the one that's going to be the best for them and their family. All right, some general life questions now. Um, what do you procrastinate about? Uh, what do I procrastinate about? Um, that's a good question. Um, I probably procrastinate about answering questions like that. Um, I, I don't know, actually. Um, sure, uh, you do procrastinate? Probably, yeah, I'm sure I do. I think that's probably... Uh, Kylie, my wife, would probably answer that one a lot more accurately than I do. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on what, I, what that is, but... Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't tend to dwell on things for too long. If there's things that you need to do, you get on with it and you make a decision based on the information you have or you need. So You're an action uh, man. Yeah, get I, it I, done. Yeah, well, it just feels like for me, if you're sitting on decisions, then it's just sort of like having things to do. You know, it's a big, long to-do list. Um, so make a decision. It's either the right one and you keep on doing more of it, or if it's the wrong one, you change it. And so get on with life. Yeah. What is the value that you um, respect most in other people? Uh, I think um, for me it's... it's um, personal integrity. I think when people know what their values are and they clearly live by them and don't change based on the person that they're talking to. Um, you know, and I, I really like when you know, there's that old saying, you know, people have lost everything based on principles. But I think, you know, my view is I'd I'd rather lose everything based on my principles than have everything and no principles. So, um, you know, you can't lose everything if you've got principles because you'll always have those. And I really respect that in other people and um, you know, that the 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 time at which that really shows is when people have to make tough decisions that aren't necessarily going to be in their best interest, but they're going to be in others. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's a that's a rare quality when people go to that extent where the right decision is made regardless of their self-benefits. When is it rare, I did you say? So. When, in those moments when it's when, when people have their own self-interests. I mean, I think humans, humans naturally are quite selfish beings. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, the the power of being able to say, hey, look, it's not necessarily in my best interests to make this decision or to do that, but my values say that that's the right thing to do because it's the right outcome for everyone else around me, then I think, you know, that's a, if that's your principle and that's your values, then I think it's something that is rare that people would stick to that. How can you tell that in a job interview or when you're meeting, deciding, you know, who you're going to have on your team? Or is that something you can only really find out over time? Um I think a lot has to do with who people hang out with. You know, like I think you can tell a lot of, more about a person by who they mix with, who they um, associate with, and who their friends are than anything else. And you know, today with social media, you can stalk people and find out a lot of stuff. And without being <laughs> yeah, creepy about that's it, that's actually quite you true. Can, you can find out a lot about people. And I know, um, you know, people find out a lot about me before they 
join our organisation and say, you know, I can tell when people have locked me up on LinkedIn and, and I can, you know, that sort of thing. Really? Well, how do, it how tells do you... you that. So it tells you who's, who's viewed you. So, Has it really? Oh. Yeah, I've watched oh, you, no. watch me every night. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I think who people hang out with and who they associate with is, is probably the greatest indicator of what their personal values are. You always appear as someone who is really in control and very, very confident. When are you most vulnerable? Um... Oh, I don't think there's a time at which I'm not. I think, you know, the... the You're um, always confident and no, always... No, no, I think I'm always vulnerable. Oh, I think, always. You know, there's, um, there's never a, a time when you feel like you're fully uh, right or in control. And, and I think, um, you know, to my point before, I think, you know, everything is temporary or, or you know, and, it, and everything changes. So even when you're winning, you know you someday you're going to have your day when you're not. And when you're losing, you know that that's not going to be every day and some days you'll be winning. And I think, um, you know, being... Being vulnerable is actually a, a really important thing because then people feel like they can approach you and talk to you about anything. They can come and suggest things to you and not feel like you're going to say, "Bugger off! That's a stupid idea." Right? Like, the, the, <laughs> yeah. You, I think so. I think being vulnerable is really important. But when I'm at my weakest or at, at, at um, you know my most vulnerable from that point of view, I think is when you're under real pressure um, based on. Uh, events that uh, create huge stress because I think with stress and fatigue and tiredness um, uh, you start making uh, less good quality decisions so um, I think that's probably from my point of view the time at which you're most vulnerable is when you're under pressure with stress and, and fatigue. Mm. What makes you nervous? Uh, interviews. Um, so <laughs> Really? Uh, I cannot tell. So interviews I think the other thing um, is I enjoy public speaking, but I'm always mm. nervous before that. And I think, you know, there's certain – I have a saying, you know, there's um, – everyone's equal, but some are more equal than others in certain circumstances. But I think the same goes for moments through life. So there's – you know, moments aren't all equal, aren't all equal. And so there's moments when you need to be um, right on the top of your game and, and, and um, you know, you know there's moments that are going to have significant – um, consequences or, or create awesome opportunities and you're either going to stuff it up or you're going to do exceptionally well and it's going to come out one of two ways there's not going to be middle ground and I think those things make me nervous I think mm-hmm. you know becoming more aware of what the big moments are when they matter and then preparing for them and, and um, sort of going into them as well equipped as what we can um, helps us deal with that but those things probably make us a bit nervous. How do you deal with your nerves? Um, what do you do? What do you think? I'm, I'm quite, I quite enjoy sport and, and exercise, so um, you know, I enjoy surfing and diving and fishing and mountain biking and all that sort of thing. Um, my kids are at an age now where they can do all of those things with us, and you know, I, I do enjoy those things. And, and having release um, from the um, corporate or commercial world of business and spending time with the kids and my wife and doing exercise and things like that uh, um, uh, how I relax and and enjoy mm. myself. Okay, we're going to finish off with a little bit of a game here, Hayden. <laughs> so um, it's finish the sentence. Ah, <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> so Hayden Duncan's best party trick is? Uh, dancing. Really? Well, that's only because everyone else finds it int- incredibly <laughs> interesting. Do you it's... have a move that you could do while you're sitting down? Uh, not while right, no, I'm, I'm known for my Mr Bean impersonation for dancing yeah so yeah i'm pretty good at that so um it's it's 
one of my better moves, even when I'm trying to dance. So, yeah, <laughs> dancing's not one of my talents. So when I do it, it's a great party trick. Yeah. It's more entertaining for the people around you. Exactly, yeah. 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 Hayden Duncan is still learning to... Uh, be a great dad and a wonderful husband. Still learning. Oh, I don't think I'll ever figure those ones out to really? be a master. I don't think I'll write the book on that. But, you know, keep on trying. I think I'm pretty good, but I don't think I've <laughs> mastered those yet. Wow. And Hayden Duncan is most at peace when? Uh, in nature, I think. I love, I love being in nature. Yep. Mm. So at night, stars are pretty amazing things when you get to see them. All right. Cool. The guest is Hayden Duncan. He's the CEO of Tremaine's Real Estate. And you've also got a business consultancy, uh, a business consultancy business. Is that right? That's right. Stable yeah. 99. Stable 99. So check those out uh, online. Search them on Google. Um, I've had so much fun with you here today, Hayden. Thank you so much. I've got one last question for you. Have you reached the summit? Absolutely not. No. You're still a mountain climber. Oh, yeah. Well, still a mountain yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you so great. much, Hayden. Sorry. See ya. Next week on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. Owner of New Zealand's largest dance studio and the mastermind behind 12 Kiwi businesses, Sione Greer is here. Get ready to get your groove on and discover how to make a career out of your childhood passion. Get ready to turn up the volume next time on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. Windsor Creative for helping make the Mountain Climbers podcast possible. Visit www.windsorcreative.org.nz to discover more about Windsor Creative. That's www.windsorcreative.org.nz. I'm Duncan Tolmey, and you've been listening to the Mountain Climbers podcast. To stay connected, like the Mountain Climbers podcast on Facebook today. 